Don't compromise yourself. You're all you've got. A famous singer uttered those words, and although it is true you don't want to compromise yourself, what's the danger of being wildly self-reliant and thinking that you are all you will ever have? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. How much do you depend solely on yourself for things? I suppose it depends on what things we are depending on ourselves for. Opening a box of cookies, I am masterfully self-reliant, bit of an expert, if you will. However, charting your own purpose or calling in life and having the strength to carry it out? Now that's up for debate, which is what we're going to do in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's say you are really successful at something, baseball, for example. And let's say your determination, hard work, and talent propelled you to a professional level. You might begin to believe that you yourself made the whole thing happen. Your determination and self-reliance compelled you to the top. First off, would that be true? Secondly, when things begin to crumble, would you also be completely responsible for your demise? And where do you turn when it does start to fall apart? Might there be a better captain of your ship than you? Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Don Gordon. Isn't this the life? Flying first class from one city to another, playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, you'll be on a baseball card. You're right. I've had a great career, right on track. You know, when I first started out, I skipped single A for double A with Detroit. Oh, well, what position do you play? Pitcher. We won the Southern League Championship last year, mostly because of my pitching. Let's have another round. I'm celebrating. What team are you playing for? I've just been called up to the Detroit Tigers, and I'm flying home to tie up some loose ends. My wife sure will be surprised. Oh, I envy you getting to play baseball for a living. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sirree. I'm moving into the big leagues now. Look out, Cal Ripken. The man in our story was determined to find his own way through life. Here's his road to discovery. The classic true story of Don Gordon, right now on Unshackled. That plane ride sounded like a joyous occasion, didn't it? Trouble was, most of it wasn't true. I had actually just been released from my contract, struck out due to my poor pitching. How did I get there? I didn't even know, but I'd always been good at baseball. My natural talent was apparent as soon as I started playing catch when I was nine. My family lived in Queens, and those New York City streets were the playground for my six brothers, two sisters, and me. Mom, 
Mom, guess what? Whatever it is, I doubt it's a good reason to be slamming the door like that. It is. There was Little League tryouts today, and I made it. That's nice, Don. Go wash up for dinner. I'm going to be playing for the Tigers. Is that so? Yep. And what about your paper route? What about it? How are you going to have time to do baseball and your route? I will. I got to have money to go to the Mets games. Donald, you have baseball on the brain. Mom was right. Baseball was the only thing that mattered to me. While Mom had her hands full and Dad was too busy drinking, I played ball, winning seven trophies that summer. Since my picture was always in the local paper, I was respected on the streets where survival was a do-or-die experience. That same tension was already building in my inmost self. Hello? Yeah, he's here. Just a sec. Don, where's your father? I don't know. He was just watching TV. Maybe he went out for more beer. I didn't see him leave. Run to the garage. See if he's tinkering out there. Dad. Dad, the phone's for you. <coughs> Dad. <coughs> what are you doing? Dad? Dad, wake up. Dad? Mom, come quick. I was only 12 when I found my father in the car, dead from carbon monoxide poisoning. At first, I thought he had just passed out drunk. It was hard for any of us to believe he was just gone, especially for my mother with nine kids to care for. I'd watched my older brother, in his anger, take up street fighting, which appealed to me. I started fighting, and winning, mostly. A rebellious side was starting to develop. Don, what are you doing out here? Bell already rang. I was just heading to class. I hope so. Uh, Coach, did you see that game on TV last night? Yeah. What an amazing catch in the last inning. Bases loaded, three and two. A real cliffhanger. How are your grades? Better. Yeah, well, get them up. I'd love to have you play on the team. Can I play anyway? Nope. Sorry. School and baseball both have rules, and you got to be studying and going to class. It's just hard. My friends all went to a different school. I don't know anybody here. You will, especially if you're able to play ball. Yeah. I mean it. Just concentrate on your classes and the rest will fall into place. You think so? I do. You're a natural, Don. Don't let poor grades keep you off the diamond. And thus, I began to develop a split life, which remained with me throughout the rest of high school. At home and school, I was a good kid. Outside of that, I ran with a rough crowd who didn't hesitate to break rules. Come on, break it all out. You want to get cut? See if you can get the door open now. Almost. I can just feel the... There. Hurry, let's get in before we're spotted. See anything worth taking? I don't know. Shine the light over there. It's just old lawnmowers and junk. Here, what's in that box? Basketball and football. Looks like the lost and found box. Well, let's just take it and go. Well, it's better than nothing. Police! Police! Oh, no. Don't, don't go, shoot! Run, don't run. shoot! On the ground! You're all under arrest for burglary! I can't believe this, Donald. Yeah, I know, Mom. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I never thought any of my children would end up in jail. Other people's, maybe, not mine. Didn't you learn anything in church? I wish it hadn't happened. Are you taking drugs? No. 
You're running with the wrong crowd, then? I was locked up with some big drug dealer last night. They caught him at JFK Airport with a suitcase full of cocaine and a lot of cash. Don't you see where crime leads? Do you want to be around people like that? No. Then what are you doing? I don't know. Kind of just fell into it. You didn't fall, Donald. Somewhere you made a choice. You made many. And this is exactly where they led. You got yourself here. I didn't experiment with drugs and alcohol until my senior year, and then only to please a girl I was dating. But neither drugs nor girls could take the place of my real love, baseball. I accepted a scholarship to the Citadel after graduation, but the military life was not for me, and after the baseball season, I transferred to the University of South Carolina, again on scholarship. I was still wild. Get your hands in the air! Move it! All right already. You're under arrest. What for? Failure to stop when I signal you to pull over. Let me see your license, boy. Don't have one. Turn around. Give me your hand. I was going to cite you for not wearing a helmet. Now you have three charges against you. Get in a cruiser. You southern hicks don't know what you're doing. H Hello? Coach, it's Don Gordon. I'm in trouble. Can you help? What's the problem? I was out riding my motorcycle without a helmet and a cop stopped me. I'm in jail. For not wearing a helmet? No, I... I didn't stop when he flashed his blue light. Then I tried to outrun him. Donnie... I know, it was stupid. I don't know why I do these crazy things. Can you help me out of this? Oh, please. Coach, I don't want to end up like this. The university coach went to bat for me and I got out, but I didn't mend my ways. I was a street fighter, a bar fighter. I hurt some people pretty bad in fights, but I was never arrested for fighting in college. During the holiday break, I went home to New York where my brother and I got together with my college roommate. <laughs> You'd never make it in the military, Don. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went AWOL almost every night I was at the Citadel. One time, I got caught coming back, and they made me stand at attention for hours, it seemed. They wanted to know who I was with, and I wouldn't tell them. Who were you with? An upperclassman, football player, who went to a bar. A man shouldn't rat on his buddy. That's what I told them. If you're behind enemy lines in question, you're not supposed to tell what you know. I'll call you next time I'm in trouble. Most guys do. I don't run from a fight. Who needs another drink? I'll get it. <clears throat> hey, watch where you're going, <laughs> Helen Keller. <laughs> <laughs> Don! Why'd you hit him? Jerk said something I didn't like. We gotta... We gotta get out of here. We didn't move fast enough that night, and I was arrested for assault and spent another night in jail, my third or fourth time. Like my father, I couldn't seem to control my temper. I remember once when he came home drunk and smashed a chair against the ceiling. Back at college, I sometimes went to Coach Hunton's Bible study to gain favor in his eyes. But I would need a lot more than favor, it would seem. It's open. Don? Oh, Coach. Uh, sorry, I didn't realize it was you. Come in. Have a seat. That's all right. I won't be staying long. What's going on? I've got some bad news, Don. 
Okay. I'm afraid I have to ask you to leave school. Leave? I I'm one of the best players. This isn't about baseball. What is it, then? It's because of your reputation. My reputation? Yes. Y you're serious? You're going to lose one of your best players because... Even though you're a great pitcher, we can't have someone like you around here. What did I do? You set a bad example. Doing what? The latest was, uh, the pizza delivery boy. He said he made a delivery here, and one of the athletes, a guy with long hair, a beard, and torn blue jeans, threatened him. I didn't mean anything by it. Don, why would anyone feel the need to threaten the pizza delivery guy? Do you like cold pizza? You know what? Never mind. It wasn't that big a deal. No, it is, Don. Then I'll apologize. It'll be fine. G give me a couple days, and this will all get straightened out. That's not going to happen. The athletic director made the decision. You have to go. Folks, we'll get back to Don's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the classic true story of Don Gordon. Don't do this to me, coach. Please don't let him kick me out. I don't have a say. Go back and ask the athletic director to reconsider. Tell him I'll change. I'll do whatever I have to. But don't make me leave. The season's about to start. I can win games for you. I don't know, Donnie. The last thing I want to do is go back to New York. This school was my big hope for a career in baseball. As long as I can remember, I wanted to play professional. If I do this, you got to promise to clean up your act. I will. I, I promise. You'll have to move out of the dorms. No more privileges. All right. You'll be on your own. That's fine. I can do it. While the athletic director mercifully allowed me to stay, I was totally on my own. I made a few changes in my life, enough to keep me in school playing baseball, but inside, I was the same old street-tough New York City kid who took what he wanted to manipulation and violence. Then one night, I ended up at a teammate's birthday party where I met someone very special. Hey, weren't you just at the other party? Making my rounds. Same. You're Diane, right? Debbie. Close. Yeah, but still wrong. So, Debbie, can I get you a drink? No thanks, I'm set. Where are you from? Jersey. 
I come all the way here to meet a neighbor. Where are you from? New York. My condolences. There's not many true city girls here. You in school? Nope. I'm a career girl. Oh, you are? Working my way up the corporate ladder. Well, that's not my M.O. And what's your M.O.? I take what I want. Is that right? Work can get you nowhere. Baloney. Don't start believing your own propaganda. Well, maybe you're all right, Donna. Debbie. And maybe you won't be getting my number. Debbie and I started dating, and she became a stabilizing influence in my life. Mostly because she wouldn't put up with my foolish, immature ways, and I was too stubborn to leave her. I began playing minor league baseball in 1982 as a rookie with the Detroit Tigers. My dream had finally come true. In 1983, I skipped the single A and jumped ahead to the double A team. Great pitching. Thanks. We're out of our slump. Praise God. <laughs> you always say that. Because it's true. Maybe to you. Hey, why don't you come to Bible study and see for yourself? What do you do there? Talk. About what? Life, marriage, Jesus, and what the Bible says about those mainly. You guys aren't qualified to teach the Bible. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're not priests or ministers. That'd be like telling you you can't teach anyone baseball because you're not a coach. It's different. Not really. Anyway, I'm a Christian. I just don't read the Bible. Go. Go! Yeah! Yes! All over the fence! Woohoo! Things couldn't have been going better because they were going my way. We won the double-A championship in 1983, and Debbie and I married that September. Since her job paid more, Debbie stayed in South Carolina, and I lived in Birmingham during the baseball season. It's so good to have you home. It's good to be here. I hate it when you're away. It's hard, I know. At least it's not forever. I missed you. Is spring training officially over now? Yep. I'm staying with the double-A team. You mean you didn't make it on the triple-A? Not this year. Oh, Don. I don't get it. You won the championship last year. I know. I thought for sure I would have made it. I'm sorry. My pitching's been great, too. Well, don't worry about it. Hard not to when I feel like a loser. You didn't go backwards. You just didn't jump ahead. But you got your career ahead of you. You got time. This just isn't right. I didn't have a very broad definition of what was right. I only knew I wanted success and fame, and their slipping away enraged me. I spiraled downward in anger, poor pitching, no confidence, and finally turned to drinking. It was no longer fun to go to the ballpark. I hated it. It wasn't really a surprise when I was let go mid-season, which is what got me to drinking and boasting to those in first class as I flew back to Debbie. By the time we landed, I was too drunk to drive. Take me to South Pine Street. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You see that bar over there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pull, pull over. I'm buying. Hello? Is this Don Gordon? Yep. Did I, did I wake you? I was just resting. I see. Well, if there's a better time. Now's fine. Uh, well, well, this is John McLaren with the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh? I heard you were released from your contract, and uh, I'd like you to sign on with our Knoxville team. You would? Yeah, when can you get here? Uh, it takes about five hours. Well, you come on right now. Now? 
Yeah, right now. After drinking all night and sleeping all day, I was in no shape to be going anywhere. Nor was I emotionally ready to be signing again, but that didn't stop me. I wasn't ready to give up baseball. I left without so much as telling Debbie. During a five-hour bus ride to play ball, I had time to think about my life, the immorality, the drinking, the times I had pulled the wool over mom's eyes. Mine was a me-first attitude, and my street-smart confidence wasn't working anymore. In fact, maybe it never really did. I thought about the men I'd known who lived godly lives, men who tried to tell me about God. Don, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you'd go? No, I hope I'll go to heaven. You're not totally sure? Not totally. Why don't you stop by tomorrow and make totally sure? I told him I'd be there, but I never went. I was guilty of so many sins. Even so, I believed that God still loved me, that he wanted to forgive me. I believed that his arms were open and ready to receive me, and when I reached my hotel room, I fell on my knees. Jesus, I don't care if I'm in or out of baseball. I just want to follow you. I took the New Testament Bible my college coach had given me and looked through the index until I found the word weary. The reference was Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The words of Jesus seemed to jump off the page, filling my heart. I knew that he was calling me. As the burden of sin lifted from my life that night, I was a free man. As I called and shared my experience with my old coach, he told me how I was in a position as a baseball player to reach others for God. Debbie received Christ two years later. While God didn't give me any new pitching skills, I was able to pitch to the best of my ability. I made it to the major leagues in 1986 with the Blue Jays. Now, although it was a thrill to pitch to guys like Cal Ripken, Don Mattingly, Wade Boggs, and many more, Nothing compares with knowing Christ as my Lord and Savior. In 1991, my wife and I decided to go into full-time ministry through a missionary organization made up of baseball players. Since retirement from a career in baseball, God has allowed me to serve him on dozens of overseas mission trips in obedience to the Great Commission, restore failing marriages, disciple many men one-to-one, lead many to Christ, be a major league chaplain, teach Sunday school, and countless other privileges. In recent years, I've had the privilege of learning what it means to be broken and suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Friend, Don Gordon made baseball his whole world. It became his identity. 
But when he could no longer rely on it to bring him purpose and meaning, and he himself was unable to carry the day, it became crystal clear that he was not all he had. It was only then that he realized the truth that only Jesus Christ can fulfill our deepest needs, and only Jesus can give us our true identity. Jesus says in John 15:5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. What about you, friend? Are you abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he the captain of your ship? If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do not delay another moment. Jesus is waiting for you. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It could be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, here's the prize for our new upcoming sweepstakes contest. Another beautiful wooden scripture plaque, and it is John 8:12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I love that one. This is a gorgeous plaque, folks, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and uh, cut in such a way as uh, to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that, uh, well, God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced November 1st, but the deadline for entry is October 20th. And next time, what happens when a child with an inquisitive mind grows up with parents who can't or won't answer their questions? Why do we have to go to church anyway? Because I'm your father and I said so, that's why. Some people are content with doing things the right way and going along with whatever their parents or teachers say. I'd love to help. I knew I could count on you. What a fine young Christian man. But what happens when you need answers to life's deeper questions and no one is quite able to provide them? Are you a Christian? Yeah. I mean, I know I believe in God. <laughs> now there's a big difference between being a Christian and just believing in God. Hmm. I'm not sure I understood what that means. As Keith Kaner found out, 
Sometimes the best lessons are learned outside the classroom. I always thought I was a good person and that going to church and staying out of trouble was enough, but that only left me empty and meaningless. Hear his true story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Don Gordon were Stephen Spencer, Demetrius Troy, Tina Glushenko, Gary Brocchetto, and Jim Craig. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer David Perchinski. Script Kenitha Gabler and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.